I mean, honestly, there could be there could be nothing better than just inching closer and closer to a Herschel Walker IQ. I mean, I kind of feel like that's just like everyone playing football at the moment. At, at this point, I mean, there was that study that came out at uh, of uh, Stanford a couple of years ago, I think it was, where like they examined like over 120 former NFL players' brains and something like. Uh, 119 out of oh no it was 122 out of the 123 brains they examined yeah had some sign of cte how much closer do you think cam rising got on that scale because of that hit that he took on, on dude Friday? i think between between that and the hit he got last year in the rose bowl dude oh that's he's got right. the c and the t one more he's got the e <laughs> It's kind of like a three strikes you're out I, thing, as far as I'm concerned. That that hit was like the type of thing where it's like, oh yeah, no, like I, that's I'm, that's not a sport that I would have ever really enjoyed playing. It's the it, worst sport. I I mean, like football at its core, I think is really fun, and I grew up playing it like just for fun at school and stuff. Never yeah. had interest in playing in it in any organized way. And then when I watch those hits, I'm like, yeah. Like yeah, I, probably... I played it. I was really good at it. It's the reason I went Flex. to college yeah. and everything. But like, I have lifelong injuries because of it that aren't going away anytime soon. Like the nerve damage in my shoulder started yeah. with football. Oof. Yeah, man. It's uh not for me. Yeah, like, I remember what. I, I remember watching that like League of Denials uh, documentary too, and they talked about like how seeing stars is a micro concussion and just like realize like I had probably like 40 of those. Yeah. Like would have multiple of those a game. Oh, that's especially because like, I don't know about you guys, but when I grew up, like the way that I was taught to tackle was like, you take the crown of your head and you put it in someone's stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Like you put, you put your helmet in their numbers. Like that was the, you you really want all that tension directly on like your skull and neck. I think that that's exactly what you want. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm lucky. I I mean, I played soccer, so I, I didn't have a ton. I mean, I would head the ball, which also isn't good for you, but, um, I used to play, like we used to play against this one team who had this kid, uh, their goalkeeper was this like huge Polynesian kid. And he was like way bigger than all of us growing up. And one thing about him is that when he would like drop kick the ball, he could just boot it all the way down the field. And my coach, real I mean, one thing that you don't ever want to have happen if you're like, uh, you know, playing in the midfielder defense is like letting the ball bounce. So it was very adamant that we take that ball out of the air using our heads. And boy, probably uh, did some lasting damage from that. But hey, uh, we move. And then there was, oh man, they were the only basketball one I ever had was uh i could always jump pretty high and i was at, i was at, at the rec center and i could i could dunk the ball when i was in uh ninth and tenth grade oh hell yeah and um yeah it was like i think it was like the soccer uh legs were helped me with that but anyway I, I, I could i could dunk it when i was in ninth and tenth grade and i was at the south jordan rec center this one time and i uh i, I don't i can't even remember if i had the ball or not but i what I know happened is I, I went up and I like grabbed the rim and my hand slipped off and I just like fully landed straight on my head. And I just don't know anything that happened after that. But I woke up like outside uh, with my friends, like outside of one of their cars. And I was just like standing there completely lost track of what I think was like five to ten minutes. <laughs> so, Jesus. Um, yeah, that was uh, sports are bad is the uh, the moral sports, of this story. Sports are bad. 
I never had I never had a concussion playing basketball, uh, but I ended up having to go to the hospital one time playing just in a pickup game because I uh, I did a chase down block on a guy who had a fast break and I pinned oh, the ball no. up against the uh, the backboard, mm-hmm. which is a cool like a, an objectively cool it looks thing cool. to do. Yeah, but yeah. I hit it. I hit it way too hard. Like I was being extra dramatic because I wanted it to be cool. <laughs> And I fully separated my shoulder. <laughs> Dude, that sucks. To the so point, bad. though, it was like it was like completely out. Oh, where like usually no. something like that, like I would sublux no. it, which would like it would it would go out oh. and then would pop right back in. This thing was fully out, and I had to go to the hospital and get put under, and have my shoulder put back in socket. It was that bad. That is so gnarly. It sucks so much. Employee of the month, everybody. Yeah, yeah that's man. right. So well, anyway, that, on, this is yeah. why this podcast will never be truly intellectual because we've all suffered just <laughs> chronic brain injuries throughout our sports that's right. careers. Personally, I think that's what gives us personality. But you know, <laughs> it's it also could be the reason why I can't like do algebra still. So <laughs> yeah, it's both. This of is those why I, I have to pay someone to do my taxes every year. <laughs> yeah. Honest. Okay. Here's the other thing. Uh, if you're like using TurboTax and you like actually use the one that like has it like that it does for you or whatever, it's like the same price as just getting a CTA for an hour. So yeah. that's what I learned. Um, but anyway, also like fuck TurboTax because there's the whole like them and company. like Into and all of those companies company. are the reasons why taxes are so difficult in the first place. Yeah, it's so funny how the government how it's like. Yeah, you better you better pay the exact amount that the government knows that you owe, or else you go to jail. Yeah, just <laughs> like, like a, why can't you just send me a bill? Tell me how much. And it's because of these companies like pouring millions of dollars into it's lobbying so, money. It's so dumb. So that like, they can create this like super convoluted and like complex system that doesn't need to exist because again, the IRS knows exactly how much yeah. money you owe them or how much money they owe you. I know it's perfect. That's a market efficiency if I've ever heard one, but um, it's <laughs> that Brigham is, Young that Money. That is the innovation capitalism breeds. That's right, and this is Brigham Young Money, and I uh, it, it, it's it's another episode. We're back. Do We're I, not like, counting I, episodes? I, I was anymore. wondering. I'm Kyle. I, like, do people know our voices? I was wondering about this. We should probably introduce. I'm Kyle. <laughs> We're over a hundred episodes in. Greg, Greg, I, tell I, me. I, I'm I'm Greg. Hello, Jordan. Say hi. I'm Jordan, uh, also known as DJ J Train. Uh, no one, no one's once veto. No, no one's veto. ever called you J Train. <laughs> nope, absolutely the fuck not. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. God, if you're J Train, does that make me like some bullshit like G Money? Ooh, sure. God damn it, man. Let's all make ourselves nicknames. Come on, for I, first uh, day of class, you- everybody. Anyway, I, this podcast was, has been a great time. Uh, was, thank you yeah. all for listening. I'm not doing this anymore. Oh, you, you can find uh, Kill a Kyle on times. SoundCloud starting Kill next week. Kill a Kyle. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll be ready. Anyway, Kill a Kyle the Clown, all spelled with K's. Uh, let's, whew, boy. Yeah, that's 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 probably a good idea. <laughs> I did get Kanye to agree to be on a track, though. So, oh, let's uh, go. Yeah. Kill a Kyle the Clown and Kanye featuring Gavin McGinnis. Oh, oh, boy. Gavin McGinnis rapping is something that I, it's not. Oh, that's the most cursed thing I can imagine. Jesus Christ. Not something I'm looking into that, anytime soon. 
that probably did happen, but the only evidence of that is probably from some sort of like Vice News like deposition, like four years later. Oh, he absolutely like recorded something with Milo. <laughs> we got when they find were like it. super drunk one night. Um, guys, well, uh, I I can't remember if we talked about this in advance, but if people remember, we got nominated and uh, due to due to election fraud, got second place in a the polls are rigged, uh, folks. The polls are rigged. I am conducting an investigation into the city weekly voting machines, and we will get to the bottom of this. It doesn't matter how much crack I have to smoke. I'm going to stay up until we find out the real results. It's not fair that we lost to a podcast that has like journalistic integrity <laughs> and like production values and are actually like nice to people. Like it's, it's, it's unfair that we're judging. They don't have Greg's son calling people bozos though. So <laughs> who's the real winner? on this one you know what um, it is we need to do we need to do we need to clear our names and we need to do like an all women episode we need right. to take a seat we need to shut the fuck up and let women speak i i agree we need we to be just real hand, allies we, we should just hand this podcast over to someone whoever wants it if you're if you're a, a lady just take it from us we're just yeah, one of those instagram accounts that got enough followers like who wants to buy it yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyone out there we're, we're like one of those like uh people on like like during the blm protest that were just like oh yeah i'm giving my account over to my black friend for the day for, so they can post infographics <laughs> we are the black like, squares podcast yeah this is the we're gonna do the equivalent of, of the black squares and just do that from here on out but i, I know um, this is usually just about uh influencing uh, the travel spots right now but i'm gonna sit my white ass down to listen <laughs> Yeah. So, and we've been doing a good job at that. We, we went to the, uh, because we were, we got second place. We went to the, uh, city weekly party, uh, for people who paid to be there and other, and then the people that like were us, I guess. And it was fun. <laughs> it was, it was we a good got time. it for free because we're socialists. That's right. That's right. We seized the means of the tickets, the $50 <laughs> tickets. And, uh, got him on greg's phone so and i seized a lot of uh really good churros oh man <laughs> those churros were incredible yeah sarah was uh sarah was hanging out uh i can't i don't know if she ate any of the shawarma or was just uh looking at the guys who were serving it but in any case uh it was really fun the shawarma <laughs> was great the shawarma was really good whatever that like cranberry cocktail thing i had was amazing yeah i had like an impossible french dip that there was really go. good. Dude, the food was delightful. Okay. Gorged myself. It was very good. So shout out to everyone who made that possible. Thank, uh, thank you, Pete Saltis, friend of the podcast for the tickets. Yeah, that's right. I no, met it was Pete really, in person. It was really cool to be amongst all these like restaurants that create real things that people <laughs> enjoy every day. And then just like us. Excuse me, sir. Are you going to sit here and you gonna, you're going to besmirch? Give me back my kids coffee. Yeah, absolutely. fair point. We're Give me back. I mean, my my company we brew every day for all the divorced dads out there. I'm just glad I didn't drink because I also saw like Robert Gerke and like Ben Winslow, and I didn't want to give them a piece of my mind. Oh God. <laughs> okay, wait. What would you say to Ben Winslow? I know what you'd say to Robert Gerke, but Ben Winslow is kind of just like a. I mean, he's 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 everywhere. I I don't know what I don't really know what his opinions are about things though. I think I just probably ask him like, where do you park on the Capitol? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think that would be an okay question. That's really um, funny. 
Yeah. Well, in any case, that was a good time. Uh, Pete, it was nice. Uh, I, I was I was talking to Pete in person and we and we were reminiscing about how he was a very early guest on the podcast uh, because during COVID um, we were trying they were, you know, essentially trying to get relief for restaurants and Pete's been very involved in the restaurant scene in Salt Lake for a long time uh him and his family and uh yeah that was a that was a whole thing that um that happened and i feels like a past life kind of but in any you know case, if we were a good podcast we know what episode that was so people can go back and listen to it if you just also, search pete saltus in our thing in our th- thing they could probably listen to that also don't go back and listen to those they're probably bad yeah that's the other thing it's just don't do like every episode we're just gonna start deleting the entire uh, library of episodes each week we record in your we're episode. gonna get tweet delete idea. for our but for our episodes <laughs> we're just right. gonna throw them all on patreon delete them from the feed too so if you want to listen to them you gotta throw us some scratch that's right and it's uh yeah it, everything's just gonna be like a limited supreme drop or something if you just miss out then you miss it sorry <laughs> yeah first 22 minutes are free yeah exactly and we did uh we, we had another activity that, that uh, we went to greg and i went to the uh fuck your condo show that was at the beehive um that was a hardcore show um and it was essentially a fundraiser to raise money for families in rose park who have been displaced by uh condo developments essentially. Shitty real estate um, assholes which has been a common theme uh, and it's es- been escalating, of course. And anyway, shout out to our mayor's yeah. husband. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people, like so many people showed up. It was a great show. I was legitimately um, blown away. Like it's probably been a good six, seven years since I've been to like a Salt Lake hardcore show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always like taken aback a- every time I go to one of those shows by just like the, the, the feeling of like camaraderie and community and togetherness there. And it was just, it it made my, my old man heart very happy to see so many people come out and support what is a very noble cause. Yeah. The, the, the Rose Park Brown Berets were involved. And I I think they spoke at the beginning as well. Um, I think I, I missed that part. Got there too late, but I, um, yeah, it was, couldn't agree more greg it was great to see how many people showed up they raised a ton of money um hate five six recorded the uh all the sets and i think those will probably be up on youtube over the next month um but yeah it was it was a blast uh so shout out to everyone that was involved in that follow ill will zine on uh twitter and instagram because they're pretty much um a really good uh source for everything that's going on in the hardcore scene right now um yeah so anyway shout out to everyone who, who was there um sadly we we you know it's been a bad, bad week for our country the united states is out of the world cup i don't know if you guys uh watched any of that you know but. honestly i kind of i know that the game was a bit disappointing but i do have to say that now that we are in 2022 i see growth in america and it you know i felt like that loss in having to leave the world cup it just shows that America can, can actually get up and leave the Middle East quietly, quickly, and peacefully. And again, that's growth. And I'm proud of our country for doing that because it hasn't always been the case. I, I know it's a hard time for America right now, especially getting their ass beat like a drum to the Netherlands. But um, I just, 
I just hope there's a good Ted Lasso speech that we can all go to. <laughs> I hate, I hate you, you Recuperate <laughs> I hate from, you this, no from this stinging loss and, you know, maybe learn a lesson. Maybe be I able to find a friend or a neighbor or a relative and just have a good hug. I hope okay. you get testicular cancer. I, I know you're joking about this, but did you, in the lead up to the act, like the World Cup starting, did you see the uh, the Ted Lasso billboards? Yeah, I, I I wanted to video game myself when I saw it. <laughs> I wait, were these like a local thing? No, it was like okay in different parts of the country. Oh. Uh, I, they had I think fake Ted Lasso quotes or like attributed to Jason Sudeikis in character. I don't really understand what well, was going it's on. I refuse to read them. Probably a good thing that uh, you know I didn't see them because you know I'm still here. Yeah, I mean you would have flown to like wherever on the East Coast and just chopped that thing down because it was. It was tough, but in any case, I'm the boys are done. Kyle just had another conniption fit, but this time it was on his uh, I, his basement I carpet. I can't. I I can't. I, I can't do that. That's again. for that all was, the like the real true BYM heads. If you understand that reference, that's true. That you, was pretty early been, on. You've been here for a hot minute, and we appreciate yeah. you. It's been yeah, it's been about a it's been over a, definitely over a year because I remember the the costume that set me off. But in any case, oh, okay, yeah, so it's been <laughs> over. A, wow, it was over a year ago. God damn, damn. man! We've yeah, been doing this uh, for a long l- time. Listen, when I saw those like uh, Ted Lasso quotes, I just wanted to lay down in front of his car the same way that he laid down in front of Olivia Wilde's car. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! All that late on, night Jack. talking. Okay, so tell me tell me what the deal is with uh, Sean Reyes, because I know there was something weird about him in Qatar. Okay, so he went over there to, quote unquote, help with human trafficking operations in Qatar, which is saying something because <laughs> a great the entire there. World Cup has been pretty much built off of human trafficking, as in like 6,500 of them died. Um, but that's okay there. He got paid to do this by the Qatari government through this organization called the American, I mean, not American, but the attorney general's Alliance, which is like the attorney generals of like 42 States that all get together. They're able to essentially just like take money from, from corporate or foreign governments. It's so fucking, nice. This country's so cool. How, man. how is that? a thing? Even this, this even country the, rocks. This is like the organization that like Donald Trump could just like throw money towards like attorney generals to make sure that they investigate like his fraudulent universities. Like the fact that this exists to just let you know, just like lay bare how like worthless American justice is. Dude, it's like it's like we're about to get like the next two years of the GOP uh, investigating Hunter Biden's laptop and spending God knows how much money on it. And it's just like, dog, can I just please go to the doctor without getting a $4,000 bill? Oh, I got a $9,000 Can I please? Like, that's, I'm not asking for much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- but it really is something too, because like the more you look into this group, the more you like realize it's just like a way for corporate and interest to just like give money directly to attorney generals. It's so good. cool that Rudy Gobert is Sean Reyes' best friend. <laughs> I'm a, glad. I'm glad. A, I'm glad. What a beautiful Rudy buddy got traded to get him out of that like little network of freaks that he yeah. was in. I couldn't. It was really pain. It I'm sure there are no that. bad actors in Minnesota. I'm sure he's I, definitely not. He's probably hang out fine. with Mike Lindell. 
I, I don't believe in much, but I believe that Keith Ellison will not be hanging out with Rudy Gobert. My new best friend, Rudy would, Gobert. Okay, Keith Ellison and Rudy Gobert would be hang out would be, would be pretty funny, but it would be a um, different vibe than than it would be with Sean Reyes. That's the yeah, least yeah. we can say. It really would be. Um, and let's see. I know we kind of talked about it at the beginning, but uh, the 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 Utes absolutely smacked the pants off of USC over the weekend. Are either of you guys trying to go to the Rose Bowl? Is my question. Probably not. I kind of want. I want to I try. Kinda, I kind of do, but like, it's have, a lot of money. Yeah, that's the thing, and it's like I I don't. I've just know, never man. been I've to got, the Rose Bowl, and I want to go. I've got so many bills. I've. I've had too many interactions on Twitter with Penn State fans that um, <laughs> I will go to jail. Dude, we should get Liam to come hang out with us at the Rose Bowl. Oh, man. Oh, That's a good idea. We, we would share a cell. Why do you have – why have you had so many – okay, I, I need to stop wondering why – and how oh. the interactions you have happen, but I'm curious why Penn State specifically. Oh, it's because Desert News had a column written by a guy that uh, was a uh, Jerry Sandusky truther. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah, the, the, the Sandusky truther. Oh, oh God, I remember. Awesome. That was like a couple months ago, but I remember Yeah, that. it was. I forgot. And I cannot like, for- believe that there are Jerry Sandusky truthers. That's so weird. How is that? Me. How is that a thing? How is that the fight you pick? Yeah, of all the things, of all... Th- of all of like the terrible atrocities in this world, the funny thing is the guy like as his proof that I was like making up things like he brought up a book signed by like Graham Spanger, which was like the the president of the university that went to jail for hiding the uh, yeah. molestation too. It's like, yeah, man, cool. That that That's shows awesome. a whole lot. Dang. Yeah. Well, in any case, I would like to. If somebody can give me a free ticket to the Rose Bowl, please do that. If you're listening to this, if you have a hookup, um, I will get myself there. But get me into the dang game. I want to go to the parade. I want to. Let's like getting like a like a, a novel like titled "9/11 Never Happened" and have it like autographed by the Saudi royal family. <laughs> it really is. Um, oh. And then the, the last thing I wanted to mention before we get into the headlines, Greg is still collecting donations for Salt Lake Mutual Aid. Did this last year. Um, we shall put the link in the bio. We will send you stickers and whatnot if you donate to it. I have stamps and envelopes and stuff I can send you. Just uh, donate to the Salt Lake Mutual Aid. Let us know you did, and I'll send stuff. Yeah. Legitimately, whatever whatever you have, clothes, shoes, jackets. I mean, there's there's the list that I've posted, which is kind of like a wish list for SLC Mutual Aid. But honestly, whatever donations you have, yeah. we're happy to take, and they're going to go to a good cause. I promise <laughs> you that. Um, there are a lot of people who are in need. It's extremely cold out right now. And yeah, there it's are, been cold. There it's are, been really cold yeah, for a while. There too. are a lot of people in need. So my DMs are wide open. I'm happy to swing by your place. Like you don't have to do anything other than just like set the stuff out on your porch and I will come and get it and I will drop it off at the mutual aid location. All you have to do is just let me know uh, when and where you want me to pick it up and I can do that. Yeah, please do that. Um, and like I said, let me know and we'll send you stuff. Uh, let's see. I, you know, I think it might be time. Jordan, do you want to play that that <laughs> blessed drop? Oh boy. Oh boy. Welcome to the 
See, thank you. This is why we got second place. That that I mean, the drop the drop is what lost it for us. It really is. No, that's what propelled us ahead of uh, ahead of Mormon stories. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sure. That's right. All All right, right, Greg, take it away. Yeah. All right, Hellline number one, kind of the uh, the the big topic going on right now. Uh, more like Joe Scaven. So from CNBC, President Joe Biden signed a bill into law making a rail strike illegal, which is just bullshit to begin with. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but this uh, bill prevents workers from walking off the job weeks before the holiday season congress intervened as the threat of a strike loomed but did not pass the paid sick leave provisions workers sought the initial agreement brokered by the biden administration was accepted by all but four rail unions who were holding out for guaranteed paid sick leave days the opposing unions though represent the majority of rail workers the workers and companies had until december 9th to reach an agreement before they vowed to strike which the industry estimated would cost the u.s economy two billion dollars per day way to go the most pro-labor president in history yeah this, this one's really depressing sucks man it's really depressing and this is also like at the this is coming at the tail end of like three years of negotiation so essentially like they punted this down the road to assent to to wait for a democratic president was kind of the idea. Yeah, so, the uh, the Chapo bonus episode that came out yesterday, oh, where Will talks to the rail workers, is quite good and worth your time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it really is something too, where you look at the media landscape too, and it seems like every single like show that like Biden officials are going on to, they're like, why can't you just give them sick days? Like, yeah, f- like Jake Tapper holding yeah. Pete Buttigieg's feet to the fire on this yeah, was dude, wild. When you're getting out, when like Democrats are getting outflanked to the left by Marco fucking Rubio. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have like these like big time, like centrist, like media figures and Republican politicians just going out there like we can, we can give them some sick days. That's totally fine. Like that's actually not much of an ask, even for like us anti-labor Republicans. Like, yeah, we can just do this. It's easy. And yeah. the rep- and then Joe Biden just sort of you know, hey, this is what it is. You guys got a pay raise, but uh, one sick day, we'll give you one. Yeah, I I thought this uh, this tweet summed up things quite well. It's by uh, Radio Free Amanda at Cat Content Only. She said, you know, we live in a dictatorship of capital when every corporate media outlet is framing the rail strike as one of workers versus the economy instead of workers versus rail corporations that reaped $27 billion in revenue last year. That's why I was so surprised to hear Tapper say that exact thing, essentially, to Pete Buttigieg. And Pete Buttigieg gave the most McKinsey answer. He He sucks, dude. He genuinely – he – earnestly referenced like labor models or something like he said like he was just using those weird little creep phrases that they use and uh yeah it's it's pretty bad and like there are so many things at play here like it's crazy that the rail lines are even like privatized to begin with like this should be like this should be nationalized not not only they should be nationalized but it's insane that congress can vote to kill a rail strike. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's like the bigger thing. Like it's not even necessarily about like I mean it is this it is about sick leave, but it's also like uh the balance of like power the in the president country. and congress broke the strike or broke like the uh impending strike on this, which absolutely should not be a thing because I mean it 
like you mentioned, like the framing of all this has been about like, oh, they can't strike because it's going to destroy the economy or whatever. And And it's going to look really bad for Democrats. That's the thing that's so like heartbreaking over all of this. And it really like came to the forefront for me during COVID is that like when you are an American, there is no such thing as like living in a community. There is, there is no like sense of community anymore because of like 50 plus years of just straight up rugged individualism. Like, and it really hit me like a ton of bricks. Like when people were being forced back into work during the pandemic and things like this, where it's like, we don't live in a community. We just straight up live in an economy. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's real cool. It's really good. I mean, like we we've seen this on so many different scales. Like just the stuff that like our our Starbucks friends have had to go through in order to unionize their stores, and then the subsequent strikes that have taken place. Because I mean, yeah, that struggle is extremely real, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely not going anywhere. So yeah, this was a huge, just like complete misstep by the Democrats. And to uh, do completely. it right after the midterms too, like yeah, it sucks. It's just it's so utterly disgusting. Anyway, yeah, get out there and vote for Raphael Warnock tomorrow. Yeah, is is that tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, it is tomorrow. Um, oh god, like it really is saying something too. Like there has been a lot of labor gains under Joe Biden too, but but that's not his doing. It's more the fact that. He has someone really cool running the NLRB. Which... He has an uh, an actual. Uh, is it a, is it someone in the Teamsters? It's someone that's an actual union member that's the head of the NLRB currently, right? Yeah. So that's good. What is her name? She's my charger. Anyway, oh yeah, yeah Jennifer Abruzzo. It's so shitty too when you go back to like early on in the uh, in the election process, like when when it was Biden versus Trump, and he was like really really pandering to middle class folks and talking about how like unions built this country and then the second one that he actually has the chance to like get behind union workers yeah he absolutely just takes a giant dump all over them what's sad is like compared to the obama administration for instance and of course the republican administrations it is like a very labor friendly administration but the bar of course is but the bar yeah the bar is in hell like the fact that joe biden is the best president of my lifetime (laughs) makes me want to put multiple bullets in my brain like that's how low the bar is is that this guy is the standard bearer feels bad i mean it sucks they haven't even passed card check yet i know i know it's like the bare minimum thing you can do Mm-hmm. is pass card check to make it easier for union officials to organize, especially in like when you have places that are probably going to run towards like wildcat strikes, like Starbucks, like every Starbucks in this country is like trying to get starved out by like, by uh Howard Schultz himself to stop them from actually organizing at all. And what is the federal government doing that? Like two months later, the NLRB like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. You did that, but um, uh, stop doing that. Okay. Yeah, but that's that's, kinda, like, that's the other problem is like it's just too slow to react. It can't actually hold these corporations accountable for anything that they're doing. We they've been. I mean, how how many times have we seen Amazon just completely like break every law when it comes to preventing organizing in their warehouses and like they just do it anyway and like that's yeah from because they from can. Like, yeah, it's 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 in, in in warehouse punishment. It's things. It's all the way from like messing with the stoplight so people can't go to like the the actual union drive vote. It's like it's unbelievable. So 
Um, I mean, and, and that's exactly the rationale behind it. It was like, oh no, we'll have to pay a fine to the NLRB. That's, that's so much more terrible than, you know, allowing our actual warehouses to organize and then cost us infinitely more down the road. Exactly. Like it's cheaper to just take on the NLRB instead. So. Yeah, it's cheaper to fire people. It's cheaper to close down stores. It's cheaper to, you know, ruin the lives of your workers than it is to actually like give them a living wage. Yeah. All right. Well, Greg, take us to the next one. That one was a, that was a fun one. Thanks, man. <laughs> Speaking of living, uh, hell line number two. Hey, hey, ho, ho. We really need the H2O. So from the Salt Lake Tribune, they did a huge expose on this last week. Really great reporting by them. Go and read it. Go and they, watch they had, the They had good reporting. They had a good op-ed. And then they had one really bad video that was from the perspective of the farmer. <laughs> yeah, about the, like, the, yeah, the bad vibes or whatever. But, he uh, was like the way, of our, the way of life is at stake or whatever. Yeah, which honestly could Who? not give a shit about your way of life. Like the way of life of, of a f- handful of Utah farmers if it's putting literally millions of people in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, but I digress. Let me, let me get into kind of the crux of all of this. So hay and alfalfa feed beef and dairy production and support rural life, but together they soak up two-thirds of Utah's water. Alfalfa and hay account for 68% of the 5.1 million acre feet of water diverted every year in Utah. Alfalfa and hay represents just 2% of the state's GDP on par with revenue generated by amusement parks. So all in all, it's past time to pay the farmers to relocate because these farms are killing the state lagoon vindicated by the way yes um, but yeah man it's so bad lagoon it's so bad lagoon innocent <laughs> lagoon found innocent except well once they no longer have a tiger in a cage there but i will yeah. also mention we don't that, we don't talk um, about that yeah no we don't we don't we don't think about that uh but yeah so like i I, I mentioned the op-ed that 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 someone I think it was from just like the entire uh, um, editorial staff, right? Was it like the yeah. um, editorial board or whatever? That was essentially like we need to be paying. Uh, we need to like it was essentially the conversation we had with with Nate when he was on on this show. But we were essentially saying like, like again, we're ahead of the curve. Yes, <laughs> uh, that we said that the farmers should be paid to do something else. Like uh, that's that's where we're at. This cash, or the state has a huge like reserve of cash uh, that they really didn't want to use during COVID. Um, but the this re- is a good. Like, how how much that. is in the rainy day fund again? I don't know. It's a it's a ton several of billion. Yeah, like. That, that also we that, could use that um, for like a learn to code uh program no yeah, no so you have to use it for a really expensive prison that's kind of a hell on earth but we'll get to that yeah, later. we'll get we'll get that's, there. that's later this episode um but i will also mention that uh i think in either the original uh, the original article that that you mentioned greg or the or the uh op-ed thing um it mentions how like such a big chunk of the alfalfa is actually shipped to like china for instance like the figure they quoted was about 30% of the alfalfa grown in Utah shipped to China. So even if it, it so the argument that like Spencer Cox will make or the, the farmer that I mentioned who was talking about protecting the way of life, um, he, they will say that like, you know, it's important that we grow alfalfa here because uh, that's what supports livestock and that's what allows us to eat like beef. That's what allows people to drink milk. Um, wouldn't know anything about well, that. Honestly, fine. Then I guess we're all need to like start eating a few more impossible burgers. Well, that, that's like, well, that, the other thing is like 
Jesus you know, Christ, if we completely, man. And, and it also measured up the total alfalfa grown in, in the United States versus like what's grown in Utah. And it's such a small portion of the of the of the uh, national alfalfa growth. It actually takes place in Utah, but we're completely draining the state for such what for really what is such a small piece of the overall alfalfa pie that's across this country. So what it would really mean is just importing uh more than we are exporting and that is the solution here and no one's way of life would change i think people should really cut back on uh on animal products that we um that's that's you know i think that would be a good idea but even if we didn't we could continue this way of life for everyone if we just imported instead of had all these farms here that are completely draining the state of water. It's so cool it's, too. Like that's one of the big right wing talking points. Like you see dipshits like Seb Gorka being like, they're going to take your burgers. Yeah. The green new deal was going to take the burgers or whatever. Yeah. I mean, let's think about this though. And I feel like this is a real tell on the situation here is whether Republicans really gave, gave a shit about the livelihoods of other people like coal miners, steel workers, pretty much any sort of like manufacturing yeah. job in this country. The only reason they really care about this one is because it's our wealthy landowning uh, uh, group inside this country. Like, like, yeah, they can say like, well, we're just hard scrabble farmers here. It's like, yeah, at a certain point, sure. But you're not doing that. Like this right. is the, this is the same Clive and Bundy bullshit. We've always been kind of brought up onto is like our families took over this land and several million yeah, dollars like manifest destiny shit. yeah exactly it's it's we have to sustain this one because it's because this is the absolute ultimate like conservative project here too it's the individual's landowner quite honestly uh like be, being willing to pay these farmers out of their land is uh way more than uh what a lot of these like people truly deserve um because of like uh how a lot of that land was gained like really the state should just be seizing this land. Honestly, I would have no problem putting them in front of some sort of like jury for eco terrorism because that's uh, legitimately what's going on right now. With like, yeah, for at some scale with a lot of these people, yes. And like, I am sympathetic to people who you know, you, you know, grew up whatever, inherited this land from their family, whatever. And if we pay them to do something else, that's fine. But I think that that is an incredibly generous thing <laughs> that they don't necessarily deserve, but that needs to, that needs to be a thing like at the bare minimum, yeah. uh, that, that needs to be removed, uh, entirely from, uh, what they're doing. And I, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's just a complete non-starter for any of the conversation to be about personal water habits, uh, like showers or even lawns, quite honestly, even though like that, that does make a big dent. But it's like the conversation has to include this stuff. But anyway, so yeah, shout out to the Tribune for some good stuff on this because, um, yeah, I mean, this is just going to keep being a thing. I, I mean, until we finally grapple with this and we'll see. Spencer Cox showed up at some like panel and made another snarky comment about this. I can't remember what he said. I want to find such a that. piece of shit, man. I, well, I mean, it's just like, yeah, he he is an alfalfa farmer. And so like it's it's a gigantic conflict of interest that the governor of the state that is being drained for alfalfa farming is an alfalfa farmer like of course that's just a, it's just a mess he he should we should jimmy carter this guy he needs to sell the peanut farm um anyway continue yeah. greg yeah but 
But if we make him sell his farm, then what are they going to do with that fortress they built on this land? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, man. So cool. All right. Uh, hell line number three. Uh, it all falls down. Last Ugh. week, rapper, entrepreneur, and divorced dad, Kanye West, uh, praised Adolf Hitler and Nazis in an interview with far-right provocateur and broke-ass bitch Alex Jones, drawing a fresh round of condemnation for his incendiary anti-Semitism a week after he dined with former President Donald Trump alongside Nazi Nick Fuentes. Quote, I like Hitler. A full-masked yay told Jones. Minutes later, the rapper said, I love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. Jones laughed and quickly <laughs> added, well, I have to disagree with that. Ye's comments promote or prompted sharp denunciations from across the political spectrum, including from some one-time supporters of the rapper, formerly known as Kanye West. Ye then doubled down by tweeting an image of a swastika combined with the Star of David, a move that led to his suspension on Twitter. And the House Judiciary GOP Twitter account on Thursday deleted a tweet it posted in October that said simply, Kanye, period, Elon, period, Trump, period. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, so, <clears throat> Greg, I know you went extremely viral with an opinion <laughs> about about this, but I, I – okay, I think there's a lot here, and I watched this really sucks, good – dude. Okay, I don't know what else can thing. be said other than that. It's just – like, I don't know. Have we ever witnessed a fall from grace like quite like this? Well, it, it, he is quite honestly at, like, the – he, he, I don't know if we've ever seen someone at such a perfect uh, storm of so many different influences on on like somebody who is a very like deeply ill man. I, I watched this this really good video that that really illustrated that line of basically be, not being like uh, mental illness makes you a Nazi, and then not making excuses for him as a person either. Timba on toast had a really good video um, that it's it's Kanye West the emperor with no clothes and they, and this person goes through as essentially like describing like what Kanye has been up to uh, like mentally for the last few years. And like, it's, it couldn't be more clear that uh, this is a deeply ill man. Yes. Uh, with like, who has been unmedicated since probably 2019 and has had significant life changes and has had vultures all around him poisoning his brain to wear and, and that's not to make excuses for the incredibly evil opinions that he's been spouting but like at some human level i still feel like he just doesn't seem like he's been in control for a while and that's what makes me like honestly is at a human level feel sad and i don't want him to be spouting nazi stuff i think he, that's right. terrible and horrific but like it's so hard for me not to be like this is such a clearly bipolar person who has been spiraling and has had no one uh helping getting him back on track because he just got yes men around him and he's just found new groups of people he's he had he had candace owens encouraging him for who knows how long he was on tucker and got all the encouragement there he's got nick fuentes around around him now milo yiannopoulos bailed <clears throat> because of how like how in, insane he's gotten so it's just like I, I don't know man i i don't know how this ends with any way except like uh, maybe him dying. I don't. I don't know what that yeah. even looks like. I but mean, it's just was... like people should. I, I. I. I don't know. People. The people who have like helped 
encouraged him for the last few years uh, should feel responsible when that does inevitably happen because uh, it's been so abundantly clear that he's been out of control for so long. So I don't know. Yeah. There's a there's a uh, a tweet that Will Somner or Sommer from the Daily Beast put out uh, two hours ago, and uh, in a new video interviewing Kanye, Proud Boys founder Gavin McGinnis says January six rally organizer Ollie Alexander is in charge of Kanye's political operation oh now my. Dude. that Milo has been ousted. <clears throat> cool. Okay. What yeah. is the the right wing if not just complete paranoia in this country? And so that's what makes well, me so paranoia upset. Paranoia and like absolute parasites. That's that's what makes me so upset about like about like this the the right like gra- grappling onto Kanye like this is because he is a very paranoid man. If you like, he straight up didn't get invited to a Kardashian birthday party for one of his kids, and he went on like an hour tirade about how his kids were kidnapped from him. And like he, they were coming to kill him, essentially. Like this is an extremely paranoid man that the right has just completely latched onto and turned his paranoia into the in, in, into the fullest natural conclusion of the dog whistles that they already believe. So that's what's so insane about all this stuff is that like he has just taken all of the things they say to their natural conclusion. Quite honestly, it's the stuff that they're all afraid to say. That's why they. I mean, when he was halfway there, that's why Tucker had him on and talked about how. Like just amazing and honest and and just all all the things Kanye was saying. He was so open and he was he was exposing all of the things that he's gone through. And it's just all such bullshit. And then he just took it to the natural conclusion of what of those paths, of the all the stuff that they were too afraid to say. Alex well, Jones, Tucker, Candace, like, all of them. He also gives them that pass. We're yeah. like, and we've talked about well, it. He like did. he's he's able to be uh, like the type of person with that 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 they can launder their opinions through, and then and then use that plausible deniability and that finger pointing and be like, well, you know, this is Kanye is my black friend, and this is how he, you know, this is he, he this was is, that this is what he this. believes, and this is what he says. So how can I be the racist one? It's, yeah, well, it's he's the, like, I've he, got a black friend yeah. uh, excuse. He was that until this Hitler thing. Like yeah. he, that was like, oh, we, we actually went a bridge too far here. And that's why House GOP, Judiciary, whatever, that's why they, they deleted their tweet was because of that. Uh, and that's why he's no longer going to be invited on like Fox News anymore, I'm sure. Uh, once you're on Infowars and you're saying that stuff, like you're you're gone. Yeah, dude, uh, when the Sandy Hook shooter is telling you to tone it or the 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 Sandy Hook denier is telling you to yeah. calm it down, that's that's probably a bridge too far. You've you've yeah. So it just sucks, yep. man. It's it it just makes me like legitimately sad. Like yeah. I don't I don't like there are people that I can tell are genuinely evil people. Kanye just seems like he has been off the path for so long yeah. and has gotten zero help for at least three years now it's, and it's has just zero been... help. It's years of YouTube. It's years of no books. Like yeah. it's just this perfect storm. And, and you know what? You can use this, I think, as a cautionary tale of like how the right infects so many people's minds. Yeah. I mean, it's it it's paranoia. I like yeah. you. You watch him the way he speaks. Everything like he's he's paranoid, and it's it lines up perfectly with the beliefs that like he's gotten wrapped he's wrapped himself up into uh, over the last year or so. All right, let's um, turn this on, or, or let's uh, let's end this in a, on a on a real happy note. <laughs> so, hell line number four: scanners, but in real life. 
So Elon Musk's Neuralink aims to start putting its coin-sized brain implant into human patients within six months. During an event uh, last Wednesday night at the company's Fremont, California headquarters, Musk revealed work on two major products in addition to the brain-computer interface, which would need to be drilled into a person's skull and would initially be used to treat traumatic brain injuries. Neuralink is also developing uh, implants that go into the spinal cord and potentially restore movement in someone suffering from paralysis. The company also boasts an ocular implant meant to improve or restore human vision. Problem is, Neuralink has killed over 65% of the monkeys it's tested on. And today, from Reuters, U.S. law enforcement is investigating Elon Musk's Neuralink, a medical device company, for potential violations of animal welfare laws as staff raise alarms about the company's animal tests. Cool. Oh man, that, the fact that there are people on Twitter who are just like being like, "Yeah, put put that thing." I'm in my doing brain. my part. Sign me <laughs> up. Put that thing in my brain is yeah, horrifying. Every, every single one of them wants to be like that trial video from like RoboCop two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's also like this is this seems to be like a very tried and tested Elon Musk thing that he does, where he makes these huge grandiose claims, and then like he watches his stock just skyrocket because of it like it really does feel like it's some sort of market manipulation here like he oh, yeah. did, he's, he's done it with he's, tesla a bunch with yeah. like the hyperloop and the self-driving cars and colonizing mars and all the oh, spacex man. stuff like if you want to really get like a very heavy dose like a very deep dive into, into elon's bullshit go and listen to the true non series on it because oh, they really so did a good. fabulous job of of documenting just how much of a charlatan he is and how like this exact things these this grandiose claim thing he does he's done for years as as market manipulation and that's what at least again i'm not you know i'm not the jim kramer guy on this podcast but like you know if if i see smoke I'm, i'm gonna guess it's fire so it was 20th of July, 2017. He tweeted, just received verbal government approval for the boring company to build an underground New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, D.C. Right. hyperloop. NY to D.C. in 29 minutes. I would love an update on that. But yeah, um, <laughs> I, I love the uh, – since he's turned into just like essentially a customer service representative on Twitter who is like <laughs> attempting to meet A $200 billion customer service guy. Yeah, and – So like, funny. Um, and to see like the celebrities tweeting at it, but one was really funny. I've been seeing a lot of Tesla, like t- stuff about Tesla again. I mean, it's been a constant stream for a long time of Tesla's like blowing up or falling apart or whatever. Um, but they released like a new, uh, updated beta for like their self-driving stuff. And, uh, I, I saw some really funny tweets like Tim Dude, the Pool Tim tweeted Pool at him. One is so he was good. like, Hey man, love the car. It's so awesome. I just I wish it would stop stopping on the highway. <laughs> it's like Hello, sir, hey, sir Elon Musk, sir, uh King so Elon, uh your majesty, your greatness. Uh can can my car just go the speed limit without dying and like putting me at risk of, oh, of you know getting rear-ended at 75 miles an hour somewhere in Maryland? Dude, it's so pathetic. <laughs> oh Jordan, we can't hear you. No. I don't know what that was. Okay. I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's a problem that fixes itself. 
it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in favor of it continuing to happen. Yeah, it's like I'm. I'm sorry you Jesus picked a car that somehow just manages like think that uh, crosswalks are like actually continued roadway to go on. Yeah, yeah. there's little so, rainbow strips from Mario Kart. Just go right for them. Yeah. Oh, so man. hopefully, you know, best best wishes to Tim Pool. That and his, sucks, uh, man. His upcoming driving habits. But yeah, uh, the brain stuff, man. Imagine knowing all of this stuff about him and being like, no, yeah. Well, uh, and like I'm seeing the all these shit. studies of like how like how many monkeys have died. First of all, like pretty disgusting and unacceptable that he's testing all of this on on animals. And then like yeah. you see that and you see like the results and like he's basically just become like monkey Mengele. And like yeah. People are still like, sign me up. You think we're ever going to see that full-size robot he was talking about earlier? <laughs> What's so dumb about that? It's like his concept of what a robot is is so funny. He's like, yeah, man, I'm going to build a like a robot that can like wash dishes. It's like, so we what? Have the, dishes, okay. So, so the, the robot from the Jetsons? Yeah, it's so weird, man. I just, I can't, the humanoid robot concept is just so pathetic and it's not, it's, so cool. it's just really funny. But anyway, the Thomas Edison of our time, he's a genius. So the last thing that we wanted to talk about briefly, um, was, is, is a local story here and it has to do with the, uh, the prison, the main prison here, um, in, Utah and uh, is this is is it the county prison? I actually can't remember. Oh, this how is big. the state prison. This is brand spanking new. Okay, so this is the state prison. It had been at uh, it had been in Draper for a very long time. I don't know when it was first built, um, but for my entire life up until uh, this year, essentially, um, it had been in Draper in a very prime piece of real estate uh, where a lot near where a lot of tech companies have started to build. Uh, their hubs. And so it was really only a matter of time until they found a new location for the prison. Any other context there, the uh, Jordan that I'm missing? No, I can just take it from here if you want. Take it, please. So first of all, we're going to talk about an article that was written by Peyton Harkins from the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, I think about a week and a half ago. It's about uh, mosquito infestations. And we're going to use that as kind of a launching point and everything else we're going to talk about. Um, in that article, it says, in the late summer heat, when traps near the prison caught tens of thousands of mosquitoes, abatement district data shows inmates did not have access to bug repellent. Advocates and officials said loved ones of inmates told the Salt Lake Tribune that some prisoners had skipped meals to avoid the mosquitoes. Others had slept in long sleeves, pants, and socks to lessen insects' opportunities for bites. Many who can't afford long clothes have been covered in painful bumps, relatives said. When Karen Thomas visited her son in September, she said she was bitten several times. A guard attending the entrance gate was swatting away bugs as he worked, saying he'd, he'd forgot his repellent at home. And then Thompson had emailed the Mosquito Abatement District in July. Quote, my concern now is that there are 4,000 plus incarcerated persons and employees at the prison. The mosquitoes need to be addressed and controlled. The new white interior walls, she wrote, are already blood splattered from swatting, beasting adult mosquitoes. Oh, man. Um, and here's the last God little bit we'll damn, talk man. about this. Um, the state officials knew that they were moving the prison into a prime mosquito territory when they chose the site six years ago, record show. They paid to ensure crews constructing the prison wouldn't be as bothered by the bugs for two years. 
according to some contract they signed in like 2019. So just knowing this, we're going to talk about this prison just in general because it's this massive new billion. Sorry, my cable keeps coming undone. So this is massive new prison that the state keeps has just built for a billion dollars. It's brand new. It's supposed to be state of the art. It's supposed to be great and everything like that. So I'm just going to just start off with this quote by Fyodor Dostoevsky. The degree of civilization society can be judged by entering its prisons. Keep that in mind. So in June, this brand new prison opened. State of the art after six years of development, eight years of planning, all for the low, low cost of a billion dollars. Now, I want you to ask yourself, is that a good price for a prison? I don't know. Is it? Well, Alabama is building two right now for one point two billion. Okay, so Uh, in 2004, the Federal Bureau of Prisons built 13 new prisons for one point six billion. Huh. And that's interesting. And I know what you're thinking, 2004, that's a while ago. With the inflation calculator, that's $2.65 billion. So they built 13, 13 prisons. Though. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're spending a bit of a pricey penny on this one, it seems. Oh, yeah. So in 2014, we're just going to go through the history of it a little bit. Please. They, they started picking out the sites for what they wanted to go for where this prison was. Uh, Representative Brad Wilson, who you might know as our current Speaker of the House, uh, was the chair President of the prison of a, a, a cool, real estate development company cool also exactly uh, was also was also the chair of the prison relocation commission and said that it is imperative we get the relocation right as is the biggest non-highway capital project in the history of the state of utah um so they picked six different sites all for a different cost the one in there was one near Eagle Mountain that looked like it was going to be a lot better it was close to highway infrastructure it was cheaper um, because it was going to cost about 62 to $76 million to develop that site, as opposed to the sites where it currently sits, which would be about $97 million to $132 million, depending on things. Um, so they went with the Salt Lake one. <laughs> because, of course, they did. When selecting a site for the prison, Salt Lake City's public utility departments also conducted a report to try and check on the feasibility of a prison. Here are some tidbits from that report. The west side is immediately adjacent to a known landfill site and that has a leachate plume. The proposed access for any buried unit utilities will go through the landfill site and create preferential pathways for migration and spread of that contaminated plume. Furthermore, High groundwater levels in that area mean that any excavation or dewatering of the west side would inevitably draw water and environmental contaminants from the old landfill property onto the west site. Additionally, the spread of this plume threatens land further north, including the wetlands at Bailey Lake and the south shore of the Great Salt Lake. These wetlands are known critical habitats for multiple bird species with national and international significance. Due to the high groundwater levels in the area, any excavation work done on the west side of the water would be required for construction and would inevitably draw water environmental contaminants from the old landfill property on the west side. The risk of the present environmental contamination, the risk of spreading additional contamination, makes the, less, the west site unsuitable for this project. They picked it anyway. <laughs> of course they did. Great. <laughs> 13 endangered species have been identified in that study area, according to the National Heritage Ranking at the state level. 11 of the 13 species are vulnerable, imperiled, or critically imperiled. 
These identified species con consist of the following, short-eared owl, bald eagle, long-billed curlew, western pearl shell, western toad, kit fox, Ferengius hawk. I've never heard of that one. That's a fun one. Uh, Townsend's big ear bat, bobolink, American white pelican, grasshopper sparrow, burrowing owl, and the long-billed curlew. So it's expensive. It's environmentally damaging, and it's also cruel to the prisoners. So why do you think they picked this site? Hmm. Sounds like you might have just, just described exactly why they picked that site. Uh, no, no, no. There's there's reason for this. Why else? It's because it's the only way they can get utilities to the inland port. Jordan, why don't you tell us what the, what the inland port is? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> So the inland port. This is port, so insidious. My God. I, I know. It's insane. So the inland port is this essential. Well, it's exactly that an inland port. It's supposed to be a logistics hub that's supposed to link up road and like rail travel to send goods all over the country because it's too expensive to have them just sit at like Long Beach or something like that. Now, the only it's problem a, it's is it's a giant like Amazon warehouse, basically. Yeah. And also because there's Amazon warehouses everywhere and Walmart distribution centers everywhere and Target distribution centers everywhere, you destroy the need for a logistics like for an inland port. Yeah. So you're just building it just to have like some sort of hub or you're going to store like stuff. But most of the people who are going to be using that don't need it. But for some reason, they think that this is this gigantic new thing they're going to do it, it's part of this northwest quadrant thing that like yeah. both local and state officials think is supposed to be this new e economic zone that's mainly just going to destroy the habitat in that area which is really great because that's where all of our wetlands are and a lot of bird refuges and the great salt lake mm -hmm. don't worry though there's there's nothing that's uh dangerous about that it's going to be so cool when in like 30 years that the great salt lake is a parking lot Mm -hmm. So here's what the state legislature's budget office has to say about that. The legislature's decision to move the prison to Salt Lake City from the Draper location coincides with two major economic development opportunities for the state, the Point of the Mountain and the Utah Inland Port. Construction of the new prison brought public utility infrastructure to Salt Lake's northwest quadrant, which has facilitated other development in the area, including Utah's Inland Port. So this is a twofer for them. It frees up all the real estate in the southern part of the Salt Lake County, where all the tech companies want to buy up the land. And also it makes the inland port a lot more a lot more potable to a lot of people that actually sure. like like it it's not as much of a poison pill as it was before. Because like, well, we already built all the infrastructure out there. We can just put it there now. Uh also Salt Lake City is like developing the Northwest Squadron a lot too, because you know liberals uh they're principled until they don't have to be anyway i mean it so works it worked it worked great with aaron mendenhall and the cops yeah i know right anyway so spe speaking sensing of a common theme here yes speaking of criminal justice let's uh let's uh talk about what the prison's like um fox 13's uh, nate carlisle did a lot of reporting on the conditions of the prison so he did a great job there's like three or four articles like he yeah. saw two was like you start reading through them and like this seems like hell so for fox 13's thing with carlisle on some of the conditions of the prison much of the new prison has dormitory style housing with up to eight beds per unit 
Um, or a lot of inmates sleep on like a cubicle type thing surrounded by short walls. It's kind of, kind of like those half wall things that kind of go up to like your hip or something like that. So not necessarily walls at all. It's just, it's a cubicle really, but like an open spaced cubicle. Uh, both tend to be cheaper than building conventional dual bunk cells with toilets and sinks. So this seems like a bad idea because you have less privacy. Now you have less dignity and you even, you don't really have any space to yourself. So it's like, it's like a prison with like an open office comp or, or concept. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> sick. And great. <laughs> Draper had all the double bunk cells, but when they put in the double bunk cells in 1989, because before that they used to be single bunk cells, the ACLU yeah. sued the state and said that was a violation of their eighth amendment rights, because there's at least a little bit of dignity to have like some space to yourself. But oh, man, Utah doesn't believe in that. Um, Carlisle continues article saying there's no evidence that more shared style housing improves chances of rehabilitation, citing Yvonne Jukes, the criminology professor, uh, from the university of Bath, um, quote, there will be violence and bullying and abuse and possibly sexual, sexual abuse that goes on in these spaces. Jukes said, um, and at this point, this is where I really turned my nerd on. And, um, I decided to go looking for myself for some more research about, um, what happens in these type of like uh, dormitory style housings, essentially. Um, I found a 1985 st study from Gerald Gase, a uh, senior research analyst with the uh, Federal Bureau of Prisons. The, ma the major findings of a study found that inmates housed in large open bay dormitories are more likely to visit prison clinics and have high blood pressure than are prisons than other more intimate housing arrangements, such as like single bunks or double bunk cells. And that prisons that contain dormitory style housings have somewhat higher assault rates than do other prisons in that prisons housing inmates in areas where they do not receive 60 square feet per inmate are likely to have high assault rates. Yeah, I would, I would assume that like if you don't give anybody any sort of like personal space or anything like bad things are going to happen. Yeah, nothing at all. Oh, by the way, um, there's a problem right now with gangs being intertwined in these new dormitory spaces. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, when asked about it, uh, Utah Department of Correction staff said, quote, we primarily house based on an individual's behavior with consideration for programming, medical, bed space and safety needs, etc. Should an individual have a safety concern, they can notify the officer on their housing unit at any time. Because that's how it works. Oh, yeah. Um, good luck finding a guard if you can find one. Great. Um, so staff yeah, who's going to want to work there. Oh, we're going to get to that. That's even better. No, uh, so another thing that Nate Carlisle found is that Utah failed to invest in adequate workforce to operate the new prison. So this prison uses something Surprise. called, yeah, this prison uses something called direct supervision, which means that guards have to accompany inmates everywhere they go. Point of the mountain didn't have that because what used to happen is they used to let the prisoners free flow and just the gates and, and like the guards in like a central area would just open the gates by button. But since they decided not to do that, it's much more labor intensive for the guards to be there and open up the gates themselves and close the gates themselves. And open up the... It's so stupid. So they spent, uh, again, over a billion dollars on the, just this prison and uh, couldn't couldn't get any of those mechanics, correct? No. Or didn't care to build that. Perfect. D okay, didn't care cool, to build it fine. and didn't care to actually fund it enough to actually get enough guards to do it. Awesome. And yes, this is an ACAB podcast and everything like that. Yeah, rah, rah. Um, prisons are much more dangerous if you do not 
if you do not staff them. So if you're going to have them, you better staff them properly yeah. or else it's dangerous for everyone involved, prisoners and guards alike. Like it's, yeah. it's bad news. Um, um, because there aren't enough guards to man the facility, the Utah Department of Corrections had to pull guards from Gunnison and other employees as a stopgap to keep the prison running. Uh, one letter to the legislature was pretty telling. He explained that he was a parole officer in St. George, pulled from that job to work shifts at the new prison, 300 miles from his home. Uh, that parole officer recently quit to go work at the police force in Southwest Utah. I mean, you can't uh, say that I blame blame the guy. No, like that's insane. Like you're a parole officer in St. George. Like, hey, man, we got to have you pull some mids over in Salt Lake. Can you can you get up there? It's like I live on the other side of the state. It's a big state. Yeah, I know. Oh, but you, you got that mid shift. Sorry, man. Um, what a nightmare. <laughs> Um, some of the emails also contend that the state was unprepared for this move for the move to the new prison itself. One employee described not knowing how the doors worked or where to find his emergency gear. Oh, good. It sounds like the training is going super well there as well. Then quote, we are in a crisis when employee wrote to the legislators. We have minimal staff and staff without proper training and support trying to operate a prison that wasn't ready to operate. <laughs> Uh, uh, I will also mention that, uh, I mean, it, we got kind of like dual ends of uh, development uh, incentives here. Like Jordan, you mentioned the Inland Port and, the, um, and that quadrant. Um, but this also frees up land that uh, is part of a gigantic development project. I can't remember if they're calling I can't remember what they're calling it. But essentially, it's a master planned like development project that's taking place in the uh, exactly where they moved that uh, prison out of. So it uh, seems like it might have been a little bit hasty based on uh, the pr- preparation that apparently didn't take place. Yeah. No, no, they were hasty just to tear the old prison down so they could develop in as fast as humanly possible. Is it already torn down? Oh, yeah. They tore down the guard towers like last week. Oh, nice. Okay, great. Oh, and um, beyond guards too, the new prison is missing people to work in medicine and programming too. Um, <laughs> in Man. August 22, uh, another Fox 13 report found that the families of prisoners, um, wasn't being treated for mental health issues. They weren't actually adequately like medicating the prisoners at all. Great. <laughs> uh, Nicole Messick's husband was being treated for his mental health issues in Draper and was showing improvement until he came to the new facility in Salt Lake city. She said, quote, they got him on the prescription that was helping them helping him tremendously. She said, well, he would go days without it, weeks without it. They would say they ran out of it. That's not in stock. He threatened his life on the phone. I had to call the family medical line over a hundred times and nobody answered. Oh my dude. This is a nightmare. They said this, this is this, this, it's Monday and I feel like my week is ruined. (laughs) They said that this prison is one of the best in the United States said Mesic. It's one of the worst. Another person discussed their friend being denied antidepressants. Quote, she's on the highest dose of Zoloft and went 10 days without a cold turkey, which is not what you're supposed to be doing at, at doing it all. So wait, you, she's just raw dogging prison. Yeah. Jeez, man. Quote, it's a huge cause of cause of distress and it's cause and it causes Chelsea, the friend, and has caused a lot of other inmates to be suicidal. Here's another inmate. I'm about six months pregnant right now. I've had the worst prenatal care you can imagine. My prenatals weren't going, weren't getting refilled because they weren't life-threatening at the time. Wow. 
So this woman's only going to get her prenatal care if it's threatening her life. Oh, yeah. How is that not like just straight up extortion? Oh, it's worse than extortion. It's just terrible. Um, in August, in the midst of the transfer of prisoners, the entire medication distribution network went down with no redundant networks to rely on not even like paperwork or anything. So inmates went days, sometimes even weeks without prescriptions. Um, prison staff on Sunday only addressed the medication problems and told families that their incarcerated loved ones needed to submit written requests if they wanted to be seen by a physician. Families have complained that their inmates have been doing so and still haven't been seen by any sort of medical staff. Uh, uh, one person said her husband went two weeks without medication for high blood pressure and mental health needs. But problems have gone even beyond that. Another prisoner came in with an infection in his leg. It took them 11 days from the day it started to be seen. It's it's just so dehumanizing, man. It's just, it makes, it's it's so gross. I, I really hate this. And I mean, when we talk about like different conflicts of interest with, um, you know, Spencer Cox and agriculture, et cetera. It's like, I, I don't, I don't even know how many in the legislature, uh, are involved in real estate in one way or another. Um, I know obviously the speaker of the house is, or was, or whatever. Um, I, I just kind of came up, I, I was reading a thread on, on the Salt Lake city subreddit. Somebody was describing just an awful experience that they had with, um, some apartment complex in Salt Lake City. I can't remember which one it was. And people were bringing up the fact that Nicola Moores, uh, the, 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 like the father of the, uh, I guess, the, the, the father has a law firm that represents landlords across um, a large swath of the state, maybe outside the state, I don't know. And the son's in the legislature and he also works for the same law firm. Um, it's just crazy that like, you know, this is just, it's just how pervasive this is. And yeah. it's really frustrating and really gross and, and really disgusting that like, there's just no checks on any of this. And we're just completely no. at like the, at the whims of these people who control every aspect of, uh, I mean, they, they see government as a mechanism as in order to make stuff like this happen. Like this was the power of government folks. Yep. And I mean, and that's the horrible thing about this is like, Prisoners are an easy target in the state, like, because no one goes like, "Oh, you just don't care about who cares about prisoners? They did, they did their crime. They can do the time." Blah, blah, blah. But these are the most vulnerable people because they are completely at the at the whim of the state. Like, they can just completely be just written off, and and that's what they've done here. Like, you have cases of people who are not getting mental health treatment. You have people who are not getting medication for seizures. You're having people who are just not getting medical attention, period. And when that happens, it just shows how much of a priority the state sees them as humans at all. Yeah. And, like, how can you claim to be, like, a pro-life politician but also think, like, it's okay to just throw prisoners in the Thunderdome? I mean, it's the reality, and it's so, I mean, it's, and especially like when you think about the way that we treat uh, people like homeless, unhoused people, um, when, you know, the only, the solutions to all these people would, would that, that, that complain to the extent that they do about, about homelessness is really that they just want the, it, they want it cleaned up off the streets or whatever. They have to see homeless people. And like their solution is to put them in places like this. Yep. Even like fine, when you criminalize homelessness to the extent that, 
we have or more try to look for ways that we can get them off the street uh, by arresting them and putting them in penitentiaries. It's to live in a place like this that are that is unsafe, that is in a myriad of different ways. Uh, that is just part of. I mean, it's 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 the entire scheme from like the beginning to the end, and it's just like all these people that are just so utterly dehumanized get caught up in this, uh, in all of this, and just they're just uh, just you know the consequences of of development projects. I guess like yep. that's just that's yeah. the. Uh, you take you took so many people who are already living on the margins in in terribly precarious positions, and you put them in a somehow even more precarious position. Yeah, like, I just, and that, I, I just, you know, and then like the thing that's so gross is that within like it seems the only situ or like the only solution we get uh, from people, especially like you know the good-hearted liberals in this fucking city is well if you just vote harder and like no amount of voting is going to do anything here because like the democrats in this city and in this state are just as culpable as the republicans yeah like it, it's ultimately like you know it goes kind of goes back to the uh what we talked about with the rail workers like we are truly under a dictatorship of capital regardless of what side it is that's that is the ultimate uh yeah that's that's the ultimate winner here yeah it's it's really difficult i i i mean and the problem is is like i i just am increasingly skeptical that um you know other anything other than like direct action and mutual aid can really make any any dents in this like you were mentioning like the voting thing like what what policy is i mean bless his heart we had him on, on the pod but what policy is rocky gonna put in if he becomes mayor that's that's gonna solve all, all this it's that, that's not gonna happen no because at a certain point even libs are still gonna live i mean right yeah it, there's just, there's no solution in the system <laughs> it's i hate to be doomer on it but it's it's just like when you look at this is such a good example of like just how much of a grasp capital really does have on, on, on this entire thing. Like, um, and the people that it'll, it'll leave in the wake are the people in, in the margins, like you mentioned, Greg. And like, um, yeah, I, it's, it's just, it's like really depressing reality. Uh, and it affects a lot of people who don't have a lot of people advocating for them. And it's, uh, yeah, cause it's, it's easy to ignore these people. It's, it's difficult to deal with people, who might be incredibly mentally ill from having to be forced to live outside forever uh, and until they do something that get, winds them up in a place like this. It's just like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a dehumanizing system from beginning to end for all of these people. And I, you know, I don't know what else to say about it really, but like, this is just such a stark example of, <laughs> of, uh, of what so many people are faced with. And I feel incredibly fortunate that I'm, uh, that I have like the safety in my life that I do because yeah, it's just, it's just really horrifying. Um, I promise yeah. we'll do a funny one again, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is an important one though, for real. It's just like, I mean, we, we've, this has been kind of, we haven't really talked about this much. This has been something we knew was going to happen. They were going to be moving to prison and we knew the problems. Like we would hear little, little bits and pieces of, of some of the things that, that they were experiencing issues with. 
Um, but the reality is just like this state legislature, state government that has um, empowered itself more in the last couple of years than ever before and has seized more control over the state. It's a, a, a single party has seized more control over the state than they ever have. Um, yeah, man, it's just like this is the reality uh, that we live in. And like when we talk about what's going to save the state from uh, like draining all the water source to dry, it's, it's going to be it's going to have to be these same people, sadly, that, that control to, to protect their investments. Because, um, I mean, it's going to be a hard place to live if, if it's just arid and arsenic constantly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is the, these are the people that we're at the at the, the whims of. So, um, damn, Greg. Tell us a joke or something. <laughs> the Utah legislature. That's the Zing. joke. Folks, come on. Let's go. <laughs> so <laughs> speaking of the Georgia Senate election really quick, uh, apparently Mike Lee's been fundraising for Herschel Walker. Great. Hell He's yeah. been doing Great. it in a way where Herschel Walker only gets half the money. And Mike Lee gets <laughs> yes! the other half. Dude, <laughs> Mike Lee, the next liver king. Oh, oh man! I, I love these guys so much. They're just they really just so are shameless. just living in the absolute just golden age of scammers right now. It is unbelievable. Yeah, so that that's my positive note to go on. It's just really funny <laughs> to see these guys scam each other. That's so sick, man! All right, well that put me in a better mood. Bye, bye, folks. Bye, bye. Yeah. Well, bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Please donate to, to Greg. Not to Greg, but through Greg to Salt Lake Mutual Aid. I don't. Uh, I don't want your shit. I'm gonna give it away. Yeah. <laughs> I promise. I'm not the one running a scam. He just is collecting coats to to build a gigantic fort in his yard. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, everyone, thanks again for tuning in. We will see everyone next time. Goodbye. Bye.